This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal back again with you guys for another show and another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Speaking to you after Arsenal's 2 0 loss at home to Liverpool last night. Um, first of all, uh, to be honest, despite the result, it was uh, quite a nice evening. Um, really great to be at the ground, really great to see plenty of uh, new faces as well. Uh, I mean, Pablo Tob. Carl and uh, I saw Arcs as well and a meeting I mean everyone at, at the ground Chris especially too was was great and and seeing so many faces was awesome so thank you guys for uh, for making a nice evening despite the fact the result wasn't um, ideal it was yeah it was frustrating uh, it was really frustrating because I thought that you know in the first half especially going into half time uh, that Arsenal had a really good opportunity to get a result but the second half oh yeah, second half showed, I was going to say showed the difference between the two teams, but I don't think necessarily the difference in relation to like Liverpool, like this juggernaut quality side that are just miles, miles better than us. But more so that, you know, there's still a couple of things in our game that we need to be better at, that we need to refine, that we need to remove, that we need to get rid of the mistakes. And when you don't do that, um, unfortunately, that's where the gaps start to open, and that gap led to the opening goal, uh, quite literally. So uh, we're going to discuss that. Of course, in our reaction show, we like to focus on you guys a lot more as well in the chat box. So however you're feeling about the game, however you're feeling about Arsenal right now, Arteta, the club, whatever, start throwing your comments into the chat box, and uh, we'll be going through plenty of those. But good morning to people in the chat box. Pini Wayne says, good morning. Let's not lose our heads. The boys fought hard, and we had Liverpool worried at times. Matt G says, morning, Gunners. Disappointing result, but the big test will be how the team responds against Villa. Uh, good morning to Bobby. Good morning to AV, to Olu. Good morning to Russell in the chat box, and Mike and Marcus and Paul. Uh, Trevor, good morning to you, mate. Uh, Marcus says, do we doubt top four chances now due to the final third? Uh, not looking good enough last night. Uh, Martinelli, great, but shooting and passing and crossing, okay at best. Yeah, look, defensively, we've had a, a couple of issues in this in 2022. Specifically, are you think of the goals that we conceded against Man City, the mistakes we made in that game, the mistakes we we made for ourselves in the Watford game that nearly cost us those points. Um, 
conceded very late on as well against Brentford, despite that not really meaning anything. It's it's keeping your head. And I think that Ramsdale in particular, when he concedes, his head seems to drop. The confidence of the side needs to drop. And that's I think that's part and parcel of having a overall quite youthful side, is that mental side of their game is just, it's not giving Arsenal enough. Uh, it's not giving Arsenal enough in the sense of, when their heads go, we haven't really got too many that have got the experience to pick them up. That's probably where you can see the difference. But to be honest, we've got this far this season with the with what we have in our side. And that's quality. And there were moments where in this game we could have taken a lead. I mean, the chance for Lacazette and Odegaard at the end of the first half, whilst Lacazette, I think, probably does the right thing considering the context, there's part of me that feels like a better striker in that situation is able to probably beat Alisson on, on their own. Um, saying that, I mean, Vlaovic last night, uh, not great for Juventus and, and Juventus getting knocked out by Villarreal as well. So, you know, just because you've got that 80 odd million pound striker doesn't always guarantee you results. But I do think that in those moments, that's probably where the difference was. And speaking of Erdogan's mischance, this was definitely Erdogan's quietest game for a con- quite a considerable amount of time, to be honest. I think that Liverpool's midfield of Fabinho in particular was excellent at kind of shutting down those spaces, making it as difficult as possible for Odegaard to influence the game. That being said, Thomas Partey was absolutely excellent. Gabriel Martinelli was a standout. His performance on this side, I mean, I was sitting in the in block five uh, in, the, in the North Bank in the corner and uh, on Martinelli's side. So, you could see we saw all of the intricacies and the little, you know, the run through and the, the the chance that he had and all of those opportunities. Like he was the brightest spark, and the the chance he created, at the, I think it was right at the start of the first half with the nutmeg, and he passed it across, and no one was in that space. Again, it makes me think of where if we had that striker with that instinct and that ability to know where the ball is going to be at the right place at the right time, we probably could have gone one nil up, and arguably it should have been two nil by that point. But we move. Uh, Jean in the chat box says, everybody speaks of the advantage Arsenal has of playing one game a week. Yes, it gives more rest, but it makes it more difficult to build the momentum and tempo. Is it really an advantage? Look, John, I think that you could probably write a pro and con list for each and you probably come out somewhere similar. What I would say is that I liked Mikel Arteta's bite in his press conference after the game. I liked the fact that he went for the Premier League in the sense that it's not fair what they're doing. Uh, and a lot of people, when I put this out on Twitter, said, well, it's the same in the Champions League, but it's not. You don't play last uh, on a Wednesday. You don't play really late. And then you don't play a 12.30 kickoff on a Saturday. And it doesn't happen twice in a season in these huge games. We've got a massive game against Villa. It's a must-win fixture. It was always a must-win fixture. Every win, every game, sorry, from now until the end of the season is a must-win game. And we absolutely have to take the maximum amount of points available to us if we want to get into the top four. And it's not going to be easy because we've got the most difficult run. And we've now moved on from probably the most difficult game of the season. Uh, We've lost twice to City. We've lost twice to Liverpool. However, what I would say is that in the two home games in particular, especially not the, the away games, but the home game against City, we should have got more from. And we could have got more from this game against Liverpool today. And that's a difference from previous seasons where we've just been blown away by much, much better teams. But I think the gap between Arsenal and Liverpool and City is visibly closer, especially at home this season, than what we've seen in previous years. And that, I think, represents 
you know, the way in which we're moving forward. Let's scroll down a little bit more. Oh, this is a group of youngsters that have been playing together versus an experienced side that have won the Champions League and the league together. This was always the most likely outcome. The lads done us proud. I agree with you, Owen. Tulip says, frustrating and very disappointed. They were there for the taking and we didn't take our chances and they punished us. Gutted for the players as we know how they progressed. This could have been proof to others. Now, it's not all sunshine and roses. There are a couple of negatives that we do need to discuss because we need to be critical. Mikel Arteta in particular, I thought, got a couple of the substitutions wrong. Not necessarily the personnel, but when they were made and who they were made for. I think they were made too late in the game. I think when we went 1-0 down, we should have reacted because if you're keeping the same team at 1-0, you know, I think we could have reacted then and tried to get a goal quicker rather than, you know, allowing those heads. Because everyone on that pitch, their heads dropped at that moment. And we know behaviourally, we've seen this happen a number of times. So I would have swapped a couple of people that would have been motivated coming off the bench at that point to come in. Also, if you're going to bring on Nketiah and you're 2-0 down, don't take Lacazette off. Don't go like for like. It doesn't change anything. In fact, it probably makes the team worse bringing on Nketiah for Lacazette. He's offered next to nothing when he's come on in games for us in the Premier League this season. So I found that a bit strange. I got the idea of taking Erdegaard off and bringing Smith Rowe on. I thought that was okay. It's fine. Um, but then when we brought on Nicolas Pepe and going for like for like with Saka, we could have changed it a bit more. We could have taken Xhaka off. You could have gone to a more, you know, a 4-1-4-1 kind of formation and pushed for, uh, players further up the pitch, put Saka more inside. There were opportunities for us. You could have gone two up top with Martinelli as well and then pushed maybe Saka out wide left and Pepe wide right, Smith Rowe in the middle um, and Partey anchoring. You you could have kind of, you know, gone a little bit health for lever and I don't think that we changed enough. So I am very critical of that. And, you know, again, these in-game moments, when we're winning games, Arteta's quite good at seeing the games out and making the changes to see those games out. But... I thought if there was an opportunity to get anything from this game, we could have made some changes. That being said, I understand why some of the changes would have been made to try and save energy, save legs for the game on Saturday. And look, I think that's important, but I do think that there is an element that we could have maybe made some better substitutions during the game. And I think that was a feeling of a lot of people around where I was sitting and we were discussing that during the game as well, that kind of questioning why why make those changes, why make them at that specific time as well. I thought there were some things that we could have changed. Um, but that's just my opinion. That's, that's my view of where we're at. And uh, in, in regards to kind of the performance, I'm very pleased with what we offered. I'm not pleased with the result, but I can see the progress. I can see the gap, especially in these games at home against City and Liverpool, being better than what it has been in the past. Um Amira says, around the 70th minute, right before Pepe was subbed on, Laka signaled to the bench to be subbed. Didn't see that, so fair enough. Uh, Matt says, I hear you, Tom, but Arteta has never been a go-hell-for-leather kind of... No, he's not. He's absolutely not. And But that's just where I... I deviate and that's what I would have changed differently Axel says understand what you're saying Tom remember that Liverpool scored uh, of late is something like 32 goals uh, and two goals conceded absolutely but maybe that's because teams kind of roll over at that point when they've conceded and no one's really pressing them anywhere near as much uh, Musa says do you think he was trying to save Erdogan and Saka's energy probably uh, Musa probably is the answer to that uh, Matthew says uh, this was my one big disappointment of the night we felt sorry for ourselves at 1-0 and Liverpool punished us Ween says the team aren't ready for big games yet but it's experienced every time they suffer through these games the future is bright and another transfer window or two will tighten us up that bit more I'm looking forward to writing a little bit later this morning about kind of what 
we need to do to kind of close this gap and some of the evidence that we've seen and things that we're already doing that just need to be tweaked and improved. But these gaps are closing. I think that we, we a lot of the kind of talk after the game was how big of a gap there is. But actually, I think that the way in which we should talk about it is that, yes, there's a big gap, but it's not as big as it was. And I think that that gap is, is getting significantly smaller even though we haven't necessarily got the result, I think there is significant evidence to suggest that, you know, we are competing. And I thought, I think I saw Arsblog put a tweet out that just read competitive. And I think that's very true about where we were. We were competitive against Man City, very competitive. And we were competitive again last night against Liverpool too. We could have taken our chances. <clears throat> we could have got something from the game. Um <clears throat> Rail says uh, they got very lucky, as they do against us. Second goal, they got a ricochet that's opened up our right-hand sides. And that's just the way that it goes. I thought with the second goal, Saka probably should have put it in Rosehead. It was a mistake and it cost us. And you can't do that when you're 1-0 down. You can't open up those opportunities for Liverpool. But it's it's it, if you're going to do it in any game, to be honest, I'd rather it was in this one. And, you know, we can pick up the points in the games that we absolutely have to. And in a game against Liverpool where the expectation is very much on the opponent to seize that opportunity, it's it's I can compartmentalise it. It's not fine, but I can compartmentalise it and I can look to, to Villa and go, that's where I want to be going forwards. Safiso says, I think their goals were fortunate. Ramsdale should have done better with Jota's shot and Saka was unlucky with the ricochet. Uh, some bloke says, I think the interesting gap is the one growing between Arsenal and the other chases. Really good point. I think that we are now clearly better than United and Spurs. And Jamie Carragher spoke about that after the game. In that moment that Erdogan had to, had to score, Kane probably scores that. Ronaldo probably scores that. Or Lacazette, if you want to replace whoever gets that opportunity. And that's what Arsenal need to add in the summer, is that we need to add our superstar. We need to add our marquee striker. We need to add that player that makes a difference for Arsenal. But as a collective, as a team, Arsenal have certainly opened a gap between themselves against Spurs and Man United. Those that watch Man United against Atletico Madrid, I've never seen one. Of, that's one of the worst team performances I've ever watched. And I watched Spurs against United, and United come out because they've got that single brilliant player and Ronaldo doing what he does best not consistently but certainly in that game that's where you see the difference that's where you see how he's able to change games for them but the rest of that team and the Spurs team they're just they're just poor they're very very poor the difference with Spurs is they've got a very good manager um, and you know they, they won over Brighton comfortably Brighton are not a very good team at the moment and Graham Potter and all the people that have called for him you know <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be wanting Graham Potter at Arsenal right now but uh, it's it's it, I think there's so many positives to still take and look that we can have the criticisms and we can have a meltdown if we lose to Villa if we lose to Villa then we can start talking about the issues then we can start talking about the worries the concerns we have an international break to re to you know regroup and uh, and restart ourselves and probably give ourselves a little bit of a boost again and fingers crossed we come out injury free because that's always a big big worry but you know <laughs> we need to beat Villa we absolutely need to beat Villa and we can look this is a Villa side that not so long ago was losing and dropping points to the likes of Watford at home so we need to be taking absolute maximum points from that game against Villa on Saturday. Jean says, we are arguably the third best team in the Premier League at the moment, confident for top four. Thabo says, Liverpool is to us what Chelsea is to Tottenham. We just can't beat them. Jota 
behaving like Drogba when he plays Arsenal. Cam says, once again, blunt up front and weak on the right side of our defence. They punished our weaknesses. Uh, Musa says, question, we need a few more of these games to stretch our competitive legs and find extra gears. Do you think that we need to spend on another five or six players to get the first team and the bench to bridge the gap? Yes, I do. I think we need a absolute brilliant striker. I think we need a brilliant central midfielder. And you replace Lacazette and Xhaka in this team with world-class players in those two positions and you level up this squad. I think there's, if Tomiyasu's back in at right back for Cedric, probably our right-hand side was a, would be a lot better than it was last night. Our right-hand side was a weakness, as Cam pointed out. And Tommy Asu coming back in is, would be a big plus. So hopefully he's ready for the game on Saturday. Fingers crossed. And uh, also, if you strengthen up the, the depth at right back, if you strengthen up the depth in the wide areas, if you strengthen up the depth at striker, because you, I don't want Nketiah coming on. I, I don't know why we're why there's this obsession with Arsenal trying to get a new contract or that we're considering extending Lacazette. I understand the, the things behind the scenes that Lacazette does, but I really think Arsenal need to move on in this sense in their striking department. We think we need to level up the striking department if we need to move forwards to trying to compete on that next level. And, you know, two strikers for me are what we need in the summer. And I think that was evident last night as to why. If we have a striker out, it's a significant drop to go down to Lacazette to say from a marquee forward of the level that we need to go and sign. So I'd sign two. That's just what I would do. Um, changes against Villa. Obviously, Tomiyasu, uh, Marcus, I think, comes back in for Cedric. Beyond that, the only one that you'd look to is maybe Smith-Rowe coming in for Martinelli. But Martinelli is our, was our best player last night. But he did play the full game. So fitness-wise, rotation-wise, I would be tempted to bring Smith-Rowe in. But beyond that, I wouldn't really change anything. We've got an international break. You know, a lot of these players are going to be probably going off their international teams, sure. But they're not going to be playing all of the matches. Smith-Rowe, if he gets called up, certainly isn't. Saka certainly isn't. Um, so there are going to be situations where players are going to be in the rest. Martinelli certainly isn't, even though he's got Vin he's there. He's got Vinicius and Rodrigo there, and he's got other players to deal with too. So he's not going to be playing every game. We've got a chance to rest a bit and chill and, you know, those players to go out and refresh themselves a bit in a different surrounding. So just maybe Smith-Rowe and definitely Tommy Asu. But beyond that, I'm not really making any changes for the Villa game. Partey was absolutely immense this year. I can't disagree. Neil says, the match yesterday showed exact position we lacked. We knew this before January. The window, unfortunately, not addressed. And I don't, Neil, I'd love to know who you would have signed. Uh, because I talk about Arta Cabral and I talk about Valt Veghorst's opportunities. But in that game yesterday, there was no striker that we could have brought in in January that would have changed that game, that, that would have made us better than Lacazette. I talk about players like Arta Cabral and like Valt Veghorst because they're different options in terms of crossing. We weren't crossing the ball into the box. We weren't doing aerial chances. We didn't need a plan B striker in that moment. We needed a top-class striker. So I don't think, Neil, anyone can legitimately look to the January window and go, that's the reason why we didn't beat Liverpool, because we didn't sign our world-class striker in January, because there wasn't one there that we could get. Vlahovic was going to Juventus, and there was no other shit we couldn't have got. David wasn't moving in January. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, arguably, has not been good enough this season. Anyway, that's not even arguably. He hasn't been good enough this season, and has had issues of his own. There wasn't Isaac. There's no point going to £75 million for a player that scored four La Liga goals this season to the best of my knowledge, unless he scored at the weekend. But, you know, 
there was no one in January, Neil, that we were going to bring in. So to look at January and say, that's the reason why we didn't drop, that's the reason why we didn't do anything better yesterday, I don't agree with. Darwin Nunez, again, you would have had to go to 80, 90 million euros. And I'm not sure that the club were willing or even able to do that in January if they wanted to. Maybe they could have done, but I don't think that that would have happened in January. So I'm sorry, but I just don't agree. Um, Zogolo or uh, Mozozlo. Oh, sorry, Radu. I'm going to call you Radu because it's just much easier for me. Um, TC, did you notice the Partey looked like he was uncomfortable in the last five minutes? He was looking at the bench and touching his hamstring. Uh, I hope not. I didn't notice that, but it was hard to notice that when I was there. So uh, I'm hoping that that's not the case. Uh, Cam said Saka did look pretty weary, unfortunately, yesterday. So Smith wrote in from the start would be my tip against Villa. Uh, MFB says, if we do clinch top four, what about depth in the team? Yeah, right back, wide forwards, another central midfielder, maybe centre back, arguably two. Uh, we're already bringing in a goalkeeper. Um, left back, I mean, there's links outwards with Tierney and Tavares, so who knows? Left back may need to be addressed as well. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Manu says, is Martinelli our best big game player? He has been tearing it up in big games and has Trent on ropes. Arguably so. I mean, he was fantastic. What I would say is that he missed a huge chance against Man City uh, to put us back in the lead. So uh, it's not all perfect. Uh, Owen says, there was a quick free kick taken by Gabby to Lacquer to put him clean through. Yes, there was. It was at that point you realised that Lacquer's weakness are costly, regardless of how hard he works and how much we love him. Lacks that added acceleration and pace. Jean says, Liverpool packed players around Odegaard and Saka and this opened spaces for Martinelli to flourish. And my God, he did flourish. And this is what's important about Arsenal is having threats across the pitch because previously teams have just shut down one or two players in Arsenal's team and they've been ineffectual. But because we've got so many threats across the whole of the pitch now, it opens up more spaces when they try and focus more on one player than any other. So that's really important. <clears throat> Let's scroll down a little bit more. Amandeep says, Liverpool recorded their lowest XG of the season, 0.8. Is it a statement to how much progress we've made? Yes, it absolutely is. I didn't think Liverpool played particularly well, but I do think that we suffocated them at points. I think we defended well for the first half and, the, you know, and that was about it. But to be honest, I think we, we dealt with Liverpool really well and we limited them as much as feasibly possible. Uh, Drew says, any other day we'd have buckled, but we looked good yesterday. A young team like ours cannot be perfect 100% of the time, and we should be proud. Dan says, Ramsdale was very poor in both goals, could have done better and saved us. I think he is too overhyped. If it was Leno, a lot of the criticism will come. Dan, I think if it was Leno, the criticism would have come because, you know, of previous errors. Ramsdale, you know, there are very few that you point to with him, uh, especially regarding his goalkeeping. He's not going to be 100% perfect. He's a 23-year-old goalkeeper. I think people forget that. Leno's 29. He's, six, he's got six years on Ramsdale. You know, things are going to be happening. Things are going to happen like that, unfortunately. He's going to get better the older he gets, the more experience he gets, the better reaction speed that he gets. So I don't think that you can say he's overhyped by any stretch of the imagination. He's probably one of the youngest starting Premier League goalkeepers out there and he's got the third amount of, uh, the third most clean sheets in the league and one of the best saves and lots of really fantastic saves too. So I think that's harsh, Dan, to be honest. Jabu says, on the bright side, we lost a game, but there's no impact on our league position. That's a testament to the good work we have done. And you know what we like to do after games? We like to go over to 538 and look at the Premier League prediction algorithms. And currently the website has us at 62%. It was at, I think it was at something like 70 or 80 uh, before that game because it thought maybe we could get something against Liverpool. But, you know, Spurs all the way down 23%, Man United 11%. We need to win those games. 
If Arsenal can win against Tottenham and Man United, I have no doubt that we can get top four. But if you lose those two games, then, you know, we could be in very, very, very big trouble. But we have to win those two games. And we should with a better team than those two. And we've got to play United at home. And we're playing Spurs away, which is a very difficult place for us to go. And we have a bit of a mental block there. But maybe this season will be different. We've got a brand new host of players. We've already beaten them once this season comfortably. You know, we can definitely do it again. Uh, Ajit says, Tom, what do you think about Xhaka's performance? He was solid defensively, in my opinion, and no errors, but missed some good chances for through balls. I think in these types of games against the big sides, he does play a little bit more conservatively. He doesn't want to make these big errors because he's done them so many times in the past. So I think that was probably on his mind. But, you know, he was consistent, but he wasn't of the level of Partey, who was just absolutely fantastic. Nambra says, from Arteta's point, after 1-0 down, he may feel that with the team, we created chances and can still do something, possibly so. Maybe that's why we didn't make changes. Uh, Drew says, speaking of Ramsdale, do you think Matt Turner has enough to put the screws to Ramsdale? Complacency is the last thing we want. Yeah, I'm, I mean, speaking to Sophie from the Highbury squad, she's very, very optimistic about what Matt Turner can do and how good he is. So I'm sure. And his mentality too. He's coming to try and replace Ramsdale. He's not coming to be the number two. He's coming out to be absolute competition as well. Shura says, also, no one talks about the absurd kicking of Ramsdale. I think a lot of people do. Uh, but Leno's is just nowhere near as good. Um, Dan says, I saw for the first time we really neutralised Liverpool to a 50-50 opportunity. Again, I've, this is the point I've raised. So many people raised the point that the gap between Arsenal and Liverpool is so big and that's why we lost and that's why we lost to City and that's why we lost to these teams twice this season. But in my view, that's not the way I look at this anymore. I look at this as, yes, they're a better team than us, but they're not as better of a team than us as they have been in previous seasons. The gap between us and them is closing despite the fact it's still significant and that's what we should focus on. Uh, scrolling, Ronald says, need two centimetres, especially if Xhaka leaves, two strikers are right back, and I think we need a wide scoring forward too. Axel says, let's bounce back against Villa, one game at a time, give it our all, not so much focus on the top four, in my opinion, that's the mentality of a top team, we just, I, I agree with you, focus on the next game, and speaking of the next game, uh, tonight will be our preview show, so if you would like to come onto the preview show and you're one of our members, I'll be putting a message in the chat box, in the Discord server very soon. So five o'clock today, uh, we should be doing our preview show. So uh, fingers crossed, we can put that out there for you. Will says, uh, can this group of players uh, next season handle the pressure of playing in Europe plus the league? And if not, should we be looking for experienced players that have that kind of experience? We've got loads of players of that kind of experience. Erdogan has played in Europe. Partey has played in Europe. Jack has played in Europe. Tini's played in Europe. Gabriel's played in Europe. You know, we've got plenty of players that have played in European competitions. It's We're going to add some more, fingers crossed, in the summer as well. But, you know, I think we've got plenty that we're able to do. Um, oh, look at the sad Man United fan. Mate, you've got one of the worst teams in the league. Go cry somewhere else. Uh, Musa says, uh, is Lacquer our best captain since Fabregas? Not ability-wise, but in leadership. Good morning to Noah. Hope you're doing well. Um, in regards to your question, Musa, uh, is he the best captain since Fabregas? Leadership-wise, hmm. I mean, for all of his faults, Granit Xhaka was always a good leader. Um, his leadership characteristics in the squad was great. What he did with the fans, I can't forgive, can't forget. But, you know, I just, I look at what he has done and I think that he's been, he was always a good leader and captain for the players. Lacazette, has he been the best captain since 
Fabregas. If he, he if he is, I think that says more about the lack of good captains in his stead. I think Mertesacker was a good captain, to be honest. Um, <laughs> a really decent captain too, and that's why he's now head of the academy. So I think that's maybe a little bit harsh. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go and finish things up there. I will be live again this morning at 9.30am on the Arsenal Way. Link to the channel is in the description as always. Please drop a like on the video today and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Five o'clock today, we'll be doing a preview for the Aston Villa game, so make sure you join us there. And later on tonight, I should be, if it's still going ahead, on LJTV with Potsy and and, and judges and all the likes. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. And as always, up the Arsenal, think positively, and fingers crossed we can bring home another win on Saturday. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are out and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.